Today, I'm going to tell you a story. It's a story based on a poem. And that's a poem which I read to you some weeks ago at podcast 126. The poem was called Bishop Hatto. And I did that podcast for B2 level students. What I've done is to rewrite the story for B1 level students. So a lot of this language, all the language really, is B1 or below. There are some words which I had to bring in which are higher than B1, and I'll explain those words before I start. Just a mention uh, before I start explaining the vocabulary. The poem was written by an English poet called Robert Southey, who lived in the 18th century. Hello and welcome to Practicing English. My name is Mike Bilbrough and these are podcasts for students of English at B1 or B2 levels. For transcripts, please go to practicingenglish.com. So, words in the story which are not B1 are, well, the word bishop, for example, which is a member of the church, a senior member of the church, someone who is quite, quite high up in the church. A bishop, B-I-S-H-O-P. And in the story, there are people who work for this bishop. He lives in a palace. And the people who work for him are the servants. Servants. S-E-R-V-A-N-T-S. And maids, who are females, who work in the house. For example, preparing the food. And also the guards. G-U-A-R-D-S, and guards are people who protect somebody, in this case the bishop, from any sort of violent interaction from people um, outside the palace. It's important to, to understand some words. For example, the word corn, C-O-R-N. Now, this is the word used in the poem, and I've used it again in the story, that I've written. Corn has two slightly different meanings. Corn in British English is a cereal, but in the United States, corn has a large fruit at the end, which is yellow, with lots of little yellow seeds. And it's often eaten, perhaps boiled, and uh, eaten with salt. It's called corn. And the final word is harvest. H-A-R-V-E-S-T. And the harvest is the time of year, usually around autumn, September, October, when we cut the corn in the fields and the other cereals and pick the fruit and take the vegetables to the farm for eating. 
That is called the harvest. And if you are a B1 level student trying to reach B2 level, then I recommend my book, The Tudor Conspiracy. Come over to practicingenglish.com and you'll see a picture of the front cover. Click on that and it will take you to the page where you can buy the book. And so here is the B1 level story of Bishop Hatto by M.A. Bilborough for B1 level students. It was another wet morning in autumn. Bishop Hatto was walking in his cornfields with his farm workers. The corn was lying almost flat on the ground because of the heavy rain that had fallen over the past few days. It was very sad to see nearly all the corn harvest looking like this. The harvest was almost completely destroyed. I'm afraid, sir, said the farm worker, all your fields are the same. There will be very little food for everybody this year. Last year was not much better. So there is very little flour to make bread. The poor will be very hungry this winter. I see, said the bishop, but I still have plenty of corn in my barns. Here at the palace, we will not be hungry. At that moment, they both saw a small group of people from the village approaching along the path. When the group reached the bishop and the farm worker, they stopped and the men took off their caps. Then one of them said, Good morning, my lord bishop. What do you want? said the bishop coldly. He didn't like the village people because the only reason they wanted to speak to him was because they wanted something. They always had problems and were always complaining. My lord bishop, continued the man, my name is Hans. I speak for all the farmers in the village. My lord bishop has seen what a terrible harvest we have had this year. Your corn and ours lie useless in the fields. The heavy rain has destroyed nearly all of it. We do not have enough corn this year to make the bread we need to feed our families. I see, said Bishop Hatto. But why are you telling me about it? You have your own fields. You produce your own corn. Where is last year's corn? If you have eaten it all, perhaps you should be more careful and not eat so much. Then you would have enough food for this year. My lord bishop, said Hans, our fields are smaller now since we had to give land to the bishop. Not only that, we must give a part of our harvest as taxes. In good years... We only have just enough corn to bake the bread we need for our families. This is a bad year, and some of us will die of hunger this winter if we do not receive help. We know your barns are full of from previous years. You have more than you need. Could the Lord Bishop lend us some corn at least? 
We will try to pay it back next year, if the harvest is better. Lend the village some of my own corn, said the bishop angrily. How can you say such a thing? You will never be able to pay it back. If you didn't have such large families, then you wouldn't need to feed them so much food. Have fewer children, and you will not be so hungry. Consider carefully what I say, and don't bother me any more. Hans was quiet for a moment, and he didn't argue any more. He looked disappointed. He turned to the others in the group. Let's go home, he said sadly. They all agreed, and walked away slowly down the path. My Lord Bishop, said the farm worker, if you were generous, God would smile on your good work. Are you going to tell me about God, you fool? shouted the bishop. I advise you to keep quiet, or you will go back to the village and die of hunger with the rest of them. The farm worker said no more, and they both walked back to the palace. However, during the next few days, there were more problems from the people in the village. Dozens of people stood in front of the town hall and shouted at the mayor, demanding help. We need food! We need food! Our children are hungry! Soon it will be winter and they won't have enough food! But they could convince nobody. Then one night, some men broke into one of the bishop's barns and stole a little corn. The bishop realized that he couldn't prevent these problems. So the next morning, the bishop thought of a plan. He called his farm workers to his room at the palace. I see the problem is not going to go away, said the bishop. I have decided to be generous. Karl and Klaus, you will go to the village and put up these notices on the walls. The notices invite all the village people to my largest barn tomorrow, where they can take all the corn they need to feed themselves during the winter. To the rest of you, go into the forest and bring branches and wood that will burn well. One of the farm workers said, My lord bishop, your generosity is without limits. God will smile on you for providing food for the village. But may I ask why you want to bring wood for burning from the forest? Be quiet and ask no more questions, said the bishop. Now go and do as I tell you. The farm workers said no more and left. The next morning, very early, the people from the village began to arrive at the bishop's palace. They came as families, men, women and children. They brought donkeys with them and large bags to fill with corn. The people were very happy and they chatted, laughed and sang. They were told to go to the largest barn and help themselves to as much corn as they could take. 
Over 200 people entered the barn and began to fill the bags with corn. Meanwhile, Bishop Hatto was watching from the upstairs window of his palace. When all the village people were inside the barn, he shouted down to the farm workers, Now surround the barn and throw the branches and wood around it. But my lord, said one of the workers, why are we doing this? Do as I tell you, shouted the bishop, and he called to his guards. Guards, take your swords and make the workers do as I tell them. The guards took out their swords and approached the workers. You'll put the wood around the barn now, said the guards, or you'll pay with your lives. The farm workers took the wood and threw it against the barn. We'll have no more to do with this, said Hans, and all the workers left the palace for the village and never came back. Ha ha! Now we'll have some fun, the bishop joked. Like rats, the village people come to my barn to take my corn, and like rats they will die for it. Lock the barn doors, guards, and burn it down. The wood around the barn first smoked as it was wet, so the guards threw oil onto it, and soon it was burning bright. Then the barn, which was made of wood, began to burn too. The village men inside shouted to be let out. The women screamed, and the children cried. They pushed the doors as hard as they could, but they could not break the strong locks. Ho, ho! laughed the bishop. The country will thank me for what I'm doing, killing the rats who eat the corn. That night the bishop slept in his bed like an innocent man. But Bishop Hatto never slept again. The next morning, as the bishop went into the dining room to have breakfast, he saw a terrible sight. There was a large picture of himself in the middle of the wall. It was a wonderful picture, the bishop thought, which showed him to be very handsome. But this morning, holding on to the picture with their feet were some rats. They were tearing and eating the painting of Bishop Hatto. What is going on? said the bishop to the maids. What are those disgusting rats doing in my dining room? At that moment, a servant pushed open the door and ran into the dining room. He was breathing hard and looked very frightened. My lord, he said, run, run. Ten thousand rats are coming this way. They are coming from the village. They are coming for you, my lord. I hope God will forgive you for yesterday. At first the bishop would not believe it. Coming for me? Whatever for? I think you must be lying, servant. But the bishop went to the window, which was high up, and looked down the road that led to the village. There he could see 
a black moving shape, a huge shape, and as the bishop looked harder, he could see it was a sea of rats running, running towards the palace. I'm leaving, said the bishop. Servant, bring my fastest horse and a big bag of food. I'll go to my castle on the Rhine River. It is a fine, strong castle. The river is deeper there and flows fast around the castle, and its walls are high. I'll be safe there. Soon Bishop Hatto was on his horse, galloping across the cornfields towards the castle on the Rhine. He said nothing to his servants or guards. He did not care what happened to them. A few hours later, the bishop arrived at the edge of the river and ordered a ferryman to take him across to the island. The castle had been empty for many years, so nobody lived there now, and it was only used in emergencies, such as this one. The bishop felt safe once he was inside. However, he shut all the windows and locked all the doors. He climbed to the top floor, where there was a tiny dark room with a bed, and there the bishop lay down, feeling exhausted after his long ride and the terrible events of the morning. But the bishop did not sleep, because suddenly there was a terrible scream. He sat up, shaking with fear. He quickly lit a candle by his bed, and there, on the floor, stood a cat, looking with large red eyes at the bishop, its eyes wide with fear. What has frightened you, cat? said the bishop. Here we are safe from all the rats in Germany. He opened the door, and the cat ran out as though the devil was behind it. Then came the noise, quiet at first. Then it was louder, the sound of breathing, the breathing of rats. The bishop opened the wooden windows and looked out. He could not believe what he saw. A horrible sight! The river was black, black with a dirty carpet of rats, thousands and thousands of them. Never before had so many rats been seen. They were swimming across the fast-flowing waters of the Rhine, and in a few minutes had reached the island where the castle stood. Then they ran towards the castle, and up the walls they went. They climbed fast and easily. The bishop shut the window and fell on his knees. He took out his rosary beads and began to pray. He prayed and he prayed, but today nobody would save Bishop Hatto. Rats appeared inside the tiny room where the bishop knelt. More and more of them came. They came in from the left, and they came in from the right, from the ceiling above and the floor below. When they had pushed 
through between the stones in the wall, they waited. They waited until there were hundreds of them inside the room, and then suddenly they jumped onto the bishop all at once. The bishop screamed, and the rats showed their sharp teeth. They ate the bishop, and they ate his bones. They ate because they were hungry, and because God had sent them to make the bishop pay. And that is the end of the story. If you would like to hear the poem version of this, which is B2 level, well then go to podcast 126. It's a lovely poem. Thank you very much. Until next time. Goodbye for now. Thank you.